2 Timothy chapter number 2, and I'm going to read the last few verses of that chapter. Second Timothy chapter number two. And we'll begin reading in verse twenty-two. Second Timothy chapter two and verse twenty-two. It says, Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the, out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You may be seated. Our Heavenly Father, God, as we come before you tonight, Father, we stand in need of you. And God, we stand in need of a touch from another world tonight. And Father, we pray, Lord, that You'd help us to preach in the Spirit. God, we pray that You'd use us. Lord, that You'd anoint us. And God, that You'd just give us the help that we need today. God, I pray that You'd take this stammering tongue. And Lord, that it'd be used for Your glory and for Your honor. And God, if there's one here that has a burden, one here that has a need. God, if there's one here that's gone cold or indifferent or backslidden. God, I pray, Lord, that You'd bring them back, God, that You'd reclaim them, and Father, You'd make a difference and make a change in their life. God, we just want to give You glory, want to give You honor, and want to give You praise and lift up Your holy name today. Father, we love You, we thank You and praise You, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now I want you to think tonight on this, Lord willing, with the help of the Lord, I want you to notice in verse number 26, it says, "...and that they may recover..." themselves out of the snare of the devil. And I want to preach tonight just for the next little bit on simply this, sneaky snares. And I want you to think about that, sneaky snares. And I'm convinced tonight that Satan wants none other than to catch you. I'm convinced tonight that Satan wants none other than to get you tripped up, to get you to fall, to get you to come up short. I'm convinced tonight that he's seeking after every one of you tonight. Including myself. He's been... I thought about that song once again. I faced Satan this morning. And I battled him all the day long. And it's been no different today. And it will be no different tomorrow. If I proclaim to be a Christian tomorrow. Guess what? I'm going to battle the devil. If you proclaim to be a Christian tomorrow. It's going to be a constant battle. It's going to be a constant struggle. But I want you to know that I've read the very end of the book. I know this. We have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Bless His holy name. But I want you to think about that. As you read these verses of Scripture that we read here tonight in your hearing, I know that I believe these are the final words that Paul has pinned down. I believe as Pastor Rob mentioned this morning and preached out of 
probably one of my favorite chapters in the whole book. Philippians chapter number 3. One of my favorites. And those two verses was, if you want to narrow it down even farther, probably my two favorite verses in the whole book. Philippians 3, 10 and 11. But I, I know that, that Paul, I believe he's in prison at this time. And as Pastor Rob mentioned this morning, it won't be long after Paul had penned these words that he would take, he would go to the chopping block and there he would lose his head for the cause of Christ. And I understand, I shared this not too long ago, but I understand as, as history will tell you and, and show you, now this is just history. And, and you can read a little bit about it and find it, but I, I understand as I remember reading myself some time ago that Paul beaten down and broke down. How many times was he shipwrecked and stoned and beaten and uh, with the cat? I mean, he was just he was just beaten uh, a lot of. He was left for dead. How many times when he was stoned and and how he was no doubt just. I believe his 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 body was just physically riddled. But I understand as those big strong Roman soldiers had a hold of him. Leading him to the chopping block, he broke loose from those big, strong Roman soldiers and ran ahead of them and laid his head on the block and said, Give me Jesus. What a testimony tonight. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus tonight. Jesus is all I need. He's all that you need tonight. But I understand here that, that I believe that Paul is giving Timothy instruction tonight on how to handle those that perhaps have been led away because of false doctrine. You think about that. And I, I, I'm convinced by the words that we see and by the writing that Brother Paul wrote down, no doubt there were many that have drifted because of this. They have drifted because of that. They had this in their mind. They had that in their mind. Maybe they were, they were taught something that was foolish. Maybe they, they misinterpreted or misread or misunderstood. But I believe that Paul is giving instruction to Timothy on how to deal with those that have been led away by false doctrine. Now let me just say this. The devil, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter number 3, God said that he was more subtle, the serpent was more subtle than any animal of the field. And how that it and, and, and I know this, I know that Peter said that he's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now let me just say, he don't always come as that roaring lion. He don't always come uh, in a in a full out attack, if you will. But he'll subtly sneak him, himself in, and if we're not careful, we'll get we we'll, we ourselves will get drifted off, and maybe he'll lure us out by this or by that, and we've got to be careful within ourselves. And I believe Paul was given instruction on how. On, on, for Timothy on how uh, to, to handle these ones. And let me just say this. Uh, we don't need to uh, beat them up. We don't need to browbeat them, if you will, or knock them down or kick them around. But you know what I believe we need to do? I believe the man of God simply needs to get up and preach the Word of God pure. And you think about that and, and preach it whole. God's Word is holy and we ought to preach it holy. And, and I believe that, you know what, there's nothing wrong with holy living yet today in 2021. But I thought about this. I thought that, you know, the man of God ought to, ought to get up and preach the Word purely and, and unapologetically. And you know what? Don't apologize for what God's Word says. Let me just say this. If the Word cuts you, so be it. It's not me. It's the Word of God. And you know what? That's exactly what we need. 
Thank God that it will get us in line. God's Word. You know what? It's the only thing that will cut and heal at the same time. Thank God. It, you know what? I, that's find myself often, even in my own studies, in my own reading, and, and I'll read across something and I'll have to say, ouch, because it hits right where we live. Thank God it hits right down where we live. But you know, you know, I, I believe that I, I believe that the the gospel needs to be be presented in a. I think it needs to be be presented in a, a orderly fashion, and I believe it needs to be uh, presented carefully. And and you know what I, I have found I have found I can I can entitle myself with a, with a lot of things. I'm a husband. I'm a son. I'm a daddy. I'm this. I'm that. But you know what God has called me to do in this ministry. I count it higher than anything else that I do in this life. Even more so towards my wife and even more so being a husband to my wife and even more so than being a daddy to my children. Me being standing right here where I stand. Hey, this right here is first, should be first and foremost in my life. And and you know, I take take that to heart and I want to do my very best with it tonight. But I thought about this. I thought, you know, there's things that uh, that Satan will try to do to get you tangled up and ensnared, and 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 that's just what he said there in verse number twenty six. He said he he talked about the snares of the devil, and I want you to think about this. If you look back, and we didn't read it, but if if you look back, there's a few words, a couple words I want you to notice in this chapter. If you flip back with me, just look in verse number 4. Notice what it says of that same chapter. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4 it says this. It says, No man that warreth, what? Entangleth himself. Now notice this in verse number 26. It, it talks about, it mentions that word snares of the devil. Now you think about this. I believe that there are three ways and, and we'll go through these kind of quick and and, and I want to move on and, and, and point something out and, and will not be long. Don't intend to be long at all, but there's three things that I want you to notice here right off. I believe this. I believe there are three ways that Satan will try to get you uh, snared. I believe there's three ways that he'll try, to, he'll try to get you. And I believe this first of all. I believe that, that Satan will try and trip you up. How many of us ever fallen? Got tripped up. My goodness, there was one time I stumbled, I know, for 30 feet before I fell. It was awful. I'd like to have seen it on video, but but just the other day, uh, we I walked outside of the tent in Idaho, and it was pitch black. And I forgot to take my flashlight. And I felt my way around a little bit, and I knew it was there. And, and I, I didn't go out far enough. It was a stump there. And I hit that stump, and in the middle of the night, I was pitch, I fell, I know, for 20 feet. And fell flat on my face. But there's times when we get tripped up, and we stumble, and we fall. Have you ever stepped on something you, had, you didn't see, you didn't know it was there, and down you go? I hit a patch of ice one time. I, I better get off of this. I'm going to tell all of myself here tonight. But, but we'll, we'll step on something and we not even know what's there and it will trip us up and it will get us to fall. 
And I believe if we're not careful, Satan, that's exactly what Satan wants to do in our life. He wants to go ahead of you. And he wants to place something there to get you stumbled, to get you tripped up, and to get you to fall. Now let me just say this. It's one thing that we fall. But it's another if we lay there and wallow around in it. My goodness, I can tell on myself absolutely every day of my life, I fall. I get tripped up. The things that I know that I shouldn't do, things that, that I get myself into, I, I make a mess of it. And I get tripped up and I fall. But you know what? I have found out long ago that I don't have to lay there and wallow around in it. Thank God I can get up and ask God to help me and ask God to forgive me. You know what? There's never been a time when He said, No, you've gone too far. You've done too much. That's it. Forget it. But He's always been faithful to forgive me and help me along the way. I don't have to lay there. Thank God when I get tripped up, you know, uh, in, in Galatians chapter number 6, you'll find it talks about, notice this in verse number 1, in, in chapter number 6 of Galatians, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering, I like this, considering thyself. You know what? That tells me that not only will I fall, you're going to fall as well. We, and when I go, if, if I see someone get stumbled and tripped up and fall, you know what? It's not for me to step back and point fingers and, 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 and look at them and make fun of them. But you know what? It's up to me to go and help the brother or sister along the way and, and considering myself that it might as well have been me that was laying there on my back as well. And at times it has been, and, and you know, at times it's, it's been you as well that we get tripped up and we fall and we stumble at times. But, but you know, Satan wants nothing more than to get you tripped up. And you know, I believe this. I believe that every problem that we have in this life, every problem that I have ever faced in this life, every problem that I ever will face in this life, you know what, I can trace it back to Satan. You can trace it all the way back, if you will. But you know what? I don't like him. I hate him. I hate the old devil. I can't wait to one of these days. It's going to be the end of him and sin will be no more. Could you imagine what heaven's going to be like? You know, my goodness, to, to, to think and see where we have progressed as human beings in this. It gets worse and worse and worse every day. If you don't believe me, you just turn the news on or turn the radio on. It don't take you long to figure out that sin is running rampant across this land. And we're in bad shape because of it, because of the fall of man. But you know, you know, you think about not only that, I believe this, I believe that uh, let, let me just say this. I believe that I believe that we still need to hear sin preached. You know, I'm 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 con I'm convicted because of that. I believe I believe that you know a lot of these people, these TV evangelists, they'll they don't want to preach against sin and how that sin has you know it's the greatest thing in our life that that'll hinder us and that'll hurt us and that'll harm us as a Christian is if we still allow sin in our life. But you know, I thought about this also. Not only Will the devil trip you up, but he'll trap you. You ever think about that? How many of you have ever set a trap or set a snare? Yeah. You know, the definition of snare is simply this. It's, it, it says it's a, 
uh, uh, contravance, often consisting of a noose for entangling birds or animals. And then it says it's a trap. Then it goes on to say, and I thought, I thought this kind of interesting, it said something deceptively attractive. That's the definition of Webster for a snare. Deceptively attractive. And you know, you think about that trap, and I understand that, that back in those days that they would dig a great pit and they would lay branches across that pit and leaves and moss and things and, and, and an animal or whatever may walk out on it and, and then kind of like that, uh, that uh, trap door, Brother Roger, if you will, they'll walk out and, and down in that pit they fall and they're, they're trapped. And you remember, was it Joseph that his brothers sold him? And they, first of all, they took his coat. Remember, they dipped it in the blood and they throwed him in the pit. Now, let me just say this. That pit, to my understanding, was a pit in so much that Joseph could not get out of it under his own power and under his own, his own authority. Now, let me just say this. Satan wants nothing more in your life for something to get a hold of you that drags you down in a pit that you can't get out of on your own. You think about that. My goodness, that just lets me know right there that I need Jesus more and more every day. I need the Lord more and more every day. But you think about, about that trap. And also in, in Isaiah chapter number 4, you'll find that it, that it, it reads and writes about, about a pit there. And You know, not only that, I thought about this. Not only uh, Satan wants to get us tripped up, he wants, to, to, he wants us to, to be trapped, but also this, I believe he wants... Wants us to get tangled up. Now you think about that. Tripped up, that's one thing. Then we get trapped, and then we get entangled. And what that means is, is simply this that, that our, our life is intertwined with it, and we can't shake it, we can't get away from it, we can't get loose from it. It's got a grip on us, and we can't do nothing about it. And I believe that's exactly what Satan wants for your life. And that's what he wants for my life. And you know, I thought about, I thought about it. You, you know, and, and when, you, when you look at the definition of that word, snare and tangle, and you kind of put them together, it, 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 gives you, it gives you the, I guess, the resemblance of a spider's web. And how that, that spider, now I believe, I want to go that way here in just a moment. But I believe there's something that we can learn from that spider and his web. And I want, I've been reading and looking and studying on that a little bit. And, and there's some things I learned about a spider that I really didn't care to learn, but I did anyhow. And there's, and no doubt, there's, uh, every one of us has probably got a spider story or two to tell that we could tell. But I want you to think about that for a moment. And I understand that as I'm preaching tonight, there are over 38 different thousand types of spiders. Does that make you feel better about it, Sarah? 38,000 different types of spiders. And I understand this. I understand that in any given point, of our lives, we're no more than 10 feet away from a spider. All the time. 
were within 10 feet of a spider. That just makes you feel real good about it, don't it? But you think about that spider's web, and I understand that that spider's web is simply this. It's, it's nothing but pure protein that that spider produces from the hind part of that spider. And it's because of different things that he has, he has eaten and how it produces the web. And I understand this, that that, that web is it, it, it's, it's appealing. It's white. It's pretty. Uh, I remember not too long ago up there in Calhoun County on the farm, and there's a lot of spiders up there in there, Annabeth. We, we, had a, we just about left up there one night and come home because of a big spider that was in the bunk bed beside of Annabeth. And I ended up having to sleep in the bunk bed that night but with the spider. But, uh, but I remember walking out on the porch early one morning and the dew had hit and that spider that cobweb was about that big and it was beautiful the the the, the dew that was hanging in it and the sunlight shining through it and 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 how that that the, those spiders make those things enticing and appealing to the bugs that the bugs may fly into them and get trapped and entangled and then we know the end result of that but how that you, you know that 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 spider weaves that, that silky white web and how it's enticing. You know, you think about... You, let me just say this. The devil knows what entices me. He knows what entices you. He knows what lures me out and what may lure you out. We've got to be careful that we don't get tripped up, that we don't get trapped, and that we don't get tangled up in the snares of the devil. Now, you think about this. I understand that... That, that spider is always connected to the web. So when, when the bug flies in to the spider web, he's got it hooked to him and he knows that there's something thrashing around and he knows that it's there. So you think about this. There's not, I, I believe this. I believe that, that Satan knows where I'm at. He knows where you're at. And you think about this. I, I thought about it as I was studying. It had come to, come to my mind about the seven sons of Sceva. You remember them? And how that they were going to cast out that demon in the name of Paul or in the one that Paul preached. Remember that? And they said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but, but who are you? And the Bible says that that demon jumped on those seven sons and just, I guess, just kicked the daylights out of them and left them wounded and naked, the Bible says. So you think about that. I'm convinced that, let me just say this, I'm glad that Satan knows who I am. I'll just put it like that. Simply because if I've got a relationship, let me just say this, he definitely knows who Christ is. And if I've got a relationship with Christ, and the closer I get to Christ, the more perhaps maybe he knows me. And you think about that. And I understand that you know, once, once we become a Christian, it, and maybe... Maybe some of you had seen it more maybe than I did because I, I was saved at such a young age, but at, at the age of 10 years old. But, but you know, once we become a Christian, it, you would think, that, and some people may believe this and think this, but let me just say this, it's not always going to be a bed of roses. It's not always going to be smooth sailing. But let me say this, I believe the closer and the closer we get to Christ, the more conflict we're going to have, spiritually speaking, simply because of fighting the devil. And if we're not, then maybe we need to take a look at where we're at spiritually. But you understand that, that 
you know, going back to that that spider and, and the web and you know how he's always connected to it and he knows he knows where we're at and he knows what gets us he knows what gets me and knows what what gets you but you know I also understand that some spiders will will put poison on their web and then when the when the insect or the bug flies into it or gets into it and how it has an effect on them and it kind of paralyzes them if you will and and the spider he's just up here watching and and, and waiting on the right time to go down and and, and destroy and to kill the, the bug. But you know, you think about this. I understand that a spider can weave a web in 30 minutes or less. And how that every day, every single day, he produces a new one. Maybe he gets a little bit bigger every day and he grows it a little bit Every day, but you know, you think of that and how that he's he's looking for something every day. Let me say this: Satan is seeking you every day. There, there's if we wake up and we don't we don't struggle against against spiritually against Satan. There's something wrong. But you think about that. I, I believe it, it's a I believe it's a constant struggle, a constant battle every day that we face. Every day that we get up, we face the devil. And how He's always there and He's always prevalent in our lives and, and how it's a constant struggle and a constant battle. But, you know, I thought about this as well as we learned and studied that that, that spider, they never, they never sleep. And they've got so many eyes on their head and their eyes, they, they don't have eyelids. Their eyes are never shut. They're always open and they always see. They're always looking and watching and waiting on the right time to pounce, get tangled up, get tripped up and fall and get tangled up in the web and, and how He's going to come out and He's going to get a hold of you. I thought about this. You know that there... I, I remember... I, I remember this. It's been a few years ago. I don't know how long. It's been probably three at least. And I believe it was Nicole Berry that gave a testimony one night, and I've never forgotten it, and it wasn't even here. It was at a, a church up Little Creek, Slaughter's Creek uh, Free Will Baptist Church. I don't even know if Nicole remembers or not, but I've never forgotten it. She stood up, and I remember she talked about a bug that maybe was out in her yard, and it was tangled up in a spider web. And I don't know if she actually went out and took it and, and untangled it, but it was out there thrashing. Maybe she talked about doing that, but I don't know that she did. But you know, I got to thinking about that. And I could just I could just envision and see that this this whatever it was, this bug tangled and you know I understand that, that those webs that there's something about them that they're sticky. Have you ever got them on you and you, I mean you just can't shake those things off of it. And how that those bugs, when they get in them, you know, their first response is just to go thrashing. They just thrash, and but the more they thrash, the more they get entangled, and the more they get entwined in that and and and, and brought down, and and it ain't long that they wear themselves completely out. Maybe they'll take a break and they'll go to thrashing again. They'll take a break and they'll go to thrash. But you know that spider, he's waiting on the right time to come down, and he's going to devour. That bug, but I thought about this. I thought, 
And I don't know if, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I don't know if Nicole actually took that bug and untangled that bug. But I got to, huh? He lived? Thank the Lord. But I thought about that. I thought about that little bug. And how that it was entangled and it tried in its own efforts to get out and it couldn't. And how, now I know Nicole's hand's probably about half the size of mine, but, but to that little bug, you think about, about that big hand reaching down and untangling that little bug and setting that bug free. And I got to thinking about myself one time when I was lost in sin. Even at the age of a 10-year-old boy, I knew that I was lost, knew that I needed Christ. And whether I even realized it or not, I was entangled in sin. And I could not do nothing about it on my own. But I could just envision a hand that was much greater than me, a hand that was much greater than my problem, a hand that was much greater than my need, that reached down to where I was at, and it began to untangle and unwind me out of the condition that I was in. And thank God that He set me free on that glorious day. August the 8th of 1988, I cannot remember or forget that day. Cannot forget what God done in my life when I was lost in my trespasses and sin. When God came down to where I was at. And set me free from the bondage that I was in. And untangled me and set me free. Out of the quagmire and the place that I had gotten myself into. And I thought about this. I thought, you know, you might say, is there any, any bug out there that can get free from that web? And after I got to looking and studying on that a little bit, I found that, that there is one particular bug that has that the, the web has no control over. And that bug is simply this. It's a butterfly. You think about that butterfly and, and how that before he becomes a butterfly, what is he? He's a little caterpillar. And boy, he's kind of ugly. I don't like caterpillars. And he's ugly. And you can't really tell his head from his hind part. And how you don't really know one end from the other a lot of times in a caterpillar. And he's not much to look at. And how that caterpillar will climb out on the end of a limb. And how that he'll weave himself in that web and the, in the cocoon. And how that he will die. But all at the same time while death is taking place. There's new life that's happening. And it won't be long that that butterfly will begin to develop and begin to grow and begin to break loose and be set free from, from the web that the, the caterpillar had, had spun. And it, and it ain't long that he's, he's out flying around. And I know this, I know that when a caterpillar, maybe he, he flies into the, the cobweb, the spider web, and there's something that is on the wings of that butterfly that the cobweb has no power over. Because that he's been changed. Because that he's not what he used to be. Because that he's something completely different. 
My goodness, you get to thinking about that. Would that not be uh, considered the Holy Ghost of God? When I got saved, I become something that I wasn't. I became something different. I became a new creature in Christ. And when Christ applied His Holy Ghost to me, guess what? The chains of sin and, and Satan has no power and no authority over the Holy Ghost of God. And thank God I can... I, Sin does not have the strain on me because of the Holy Ghost of God. Now, when I get out on my own and I get out in myself and get in the flesh, there's where I fail. There's where I fall. There's where I get tripped up and get trapped and get tangled and make a mess of myself. But thank God when I am in Christ, when I am in Christ, Satan has no power over me. Would you stand with me tonight? Annabeth and Will is Willow up here still? If not, that's okay. Church, I want to encourage you tonight. Becky, can you get us a song? You know, I thought about this and I've heard it said before, and you know, maybe. Maybe there's areas in our life where there's cobwebs. You know, even at best efforts when we try to clean the house and try to do this or that or straighten up and never never seems to fail, you'll look around and, well, in the corner there's a cobweb. And you want to try to get the cobweb out and get it cleaned up and get it out of sight. But you know, even more so than getting rid of the cobweb, you know what we ought to do? Is destroy the spider. Stomp the spider out and, and get rid of him. But you know, maybe there's areas in our life where we kind of abandon. And maybe those cobwebs are starting to come up and show up in different portions of our life. You know, I believe this. I believe that it's one thing to... It's one thing to live a holy life in maybe this area or that area. But you know what? Why don't we just surrender all over to the Lord? Why don't we just surrender all over to Him and give every bit of it to Him? Let Him have it. You know, I'm convinced tonight that there's things that we hold on to. I'm preaching to myself. Things that we hold on to things that we allow to happen in our life that we have no business allowing to happen. You know, we ought to just rid ourselves of them, hit our knees on these altars, and have the Lord come through and just wipe the slate clean. And I want to encourage you tonight, church, if the Lord is speaking, if the Lord has spoken to you, why don't you trust Him? Why don't you simply mind him tonight as we sing, what do you have?